Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. Good morning, church. Are you guys excited for the message today, for the Word of God today? I know I am. I love the Word of God. And if you love the Word of God, let's go ahead and turn to it, to Acts chapter 2, and we're going to get started, and we're also going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. If we could bring up the house lights, thank you. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Um, We're going to continue, or actually we're concluding our series today, Making Room for God. Uh, We've talked about how we cannot make God do anything, but we can certainly make room for God to do some great things in and through our lives. Amen? Everybody say, make room for God. Yeah, we're going to make room for God today. Amen? And so we talked about different ways throughout this series that we can make room for God. We talked about how we make room for God in in worship, what we did this morning. Uh, We make room for God through prayer. We make room for God as we get into the Word of God and we read our Bibles. And today we're going to talk about how we make room for God to move in our lives through generosity. Look at your neighbor and say generosity. We're just helping each other wake up this morning, all right? Uh, we, we like to have fun here at Canvas. That's why you're going to stick around after the service and have some food with us and some fun conversations from those food trucks. Um, so as you're turning in Acts chapter 2, uh, I know that many of us, when you hear the word generosity, immediately you may think, okay, here we go. Pastor is going to talk about money. And the bucket's going to come by, and I'm going to put my tithes and offerings in, and that's what's going to happen right now. Now, certainly we will have an opportunity for that later in the service where we can give our tithes and offerings. But the word generosity is actually defined this way. Generosity is the quality of being kind, understanding, and not selfish. The quality of being generous, especially a willingness to give money and other valuable things to others. Do you hear that? So it's saying, it's talking about kindness, about understanding, and it also brings in to this, this idea of our financial giving. Our financial giving. It reminds me of this joke that I heard one time. Um, there's this little boy. And after the church service, he went up to his pastor and he said, Pastor, when I get older, I'm going to give you some money. And the pastor said, oh, well, thank you, um, but why, why would you give me money? And uh, the kid looks at him and says, well, because my dad says that you are the poorest preacher he has ever heard. Now, obviously, the little boy misunderstood what was really being communicated um, in that situation. But the idea there is he was like, you know what? You sound like you're poor, and I want to help you. I want to be generous, and I want to give to you. Now, let's look at Acts chapter 2, okay? Acts chapter 2, this is a a beautiful picture of the church. The church of of Jesus Christ is is being birthed. It's starting. This is um, in the New Testament. You have Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then you go in uh, to the New Testament. You can find Acts chapter 2. And in verse 41, it says this. It says, So those who accepted his message were baptized, 
And that day, about 3,000 people were added to them, added to the church, to those that were followers of Jesus Christ. And in verse 42, it says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, to the prayers. Then fear came over everyone, and many signs and wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. Now all the believers were together and ha- held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as anyone had need. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple complex and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with a joyful and humble attitude, praising God and having favor with all the people. And every day the Lord added to them those who were being saved, being generous, being generous in every area of life it is a mark, it is, a, is, is an identifier of a follower of Jesus Christ. The early, this is, this is what the, the church is supposed to look like. The church is supposed to be generous. We see here that the, the church, the people, the followers of Jesus, they, they came together and they were selling their goods. They were selling, helping to make sure that others were taken care of and giving to those that were in need and they expressed generosity in that way. And gener, generous living not just um, generosity in act or deed, but generous living and a generous heart is a mark of a believer and a follower of Jesus Christ. Now, with, with that in mind, we're going to go to our main passage that we're going to look at today, which is found in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 9. And so you can turn in your Bibles there or use your phone. Uh, 2 Corinthians is in the New Testament. And uh, this book, you'll find that there's a 1 Corinthians and there's a 2 Corinthians. First uh, Corinthians was written um, to uh, to the Corinthian church, and the Apostle Paul is the one speaking uh, to them, and the one that wrote this letter to the Corinthian church. And actually, First Corinthians addresses problems around Christian conduct and morality. Problems around Christian conduct and morality, and I. I'll just pause for a moment here because I know I've seen my Facebook and Twitter and everything else blowing up this week, just absolutely blowing up. And, um, and, and I just want to pause for a moment and recognize and, and make note of the fact that 1 Corinthians was written to the church. It was written to believers. It was written to those that say, I, I'm, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. And in that book, they're addressing problems with morality. Uh, with, with the way of life that was taking place by believers, those that confess to be followers of Jesus. And I know here in our culture today, there are many things taking place, things playing out, right? Um, but we see in the scripture that Jesus comes and he gives us and he tells us as followers of Christ how we ought to live. He lays it out for it. We, we have it laid out for us all throughout scripture. But Jesus' response to culture to those that were not followers of Jesus, was love. Jesus loved. Uh, and, and so our response to culture, ladies and gentlemen, is not to try to get culture to conform to uh, what we have been given biblically and what we are to follow as believers and followers of Jesus Christ. Our response to culture is love as Jesus loved. Amen? Amen. And our response then is that we, as followers of Jesus Christ, live according to the word of God. We, we, we see in 1 Corinthians many other books of the Bible how we ought to live. And so as believers, we ought to live that way 
according to the scripture, according to the word of God, not compromise our convictions and live it out in such a way that other people look and they want to know the hope that is in us. They want to know the reason for the hope and the love that we have for others. Amen? Amen. All right, but 2 Corinthians, let's go there, all right? 2 Corinthians here encourages the faithful, okay? The faithful, meaning those that have said, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. It encourages the faithful to stay committed to the truth, also encourage continued generosity among the members of the Corinthian church as a means of spreading God's kingdom. Encourages generosity as a means of spreading God's kingdom further. So with that, in verse 6, it starts off and it says here, remember this, the person who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And the person who sows generously will also reap generously. Now, he is speaking in terms that they would understand, okay? He's talking in farming terms. They would understand uh, what it is to, to spread their seed in the ground. And if they spread just a little bit of seed in the ground, they were going to get a little bit of a harvest. But if they were to spread a lot of seed, they would get a larger harvest. So he's talking to them in terms that they would understand. There's a simple equation that we see here. Sow a little, you're going to get, you're going to harvest a little. Sow a lot, you're going to harvest a lot, right? In verse 7, it says, each person should do as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or out of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Everybody say cheerful giver. Okay, but you have to say it with a smile on your face. Try again. Go smile, right? Say cheerful giver. There's a different tone to it. Did you notice that? When you smile, it sounds different? Yeah, I noticed that too. Um, All right, so he, he says... What he's saying here, we're just going to pause for a second, is each of us decide what you're going to do. Decide what you're going to do in your heart. If you're going to sow a little, then sow a little, but sow a little cheerfully. If you're going to sow generously, then sow generously, cheerfully. And can I, can I propose this to you, that if you cannot sow generously, cheerfully, then you ought to sow a little and sow it cheerfully. Just a thought there, okay? So he's saying this, sow And so cheerfully, right? Do what you've decided to do and do it cheerfully. And God, it says in verse 8, is able to make every grace overflow to you so that in every way, I love this, just if you have your Bible in paper form, you can just mark every time it says every or all. Love this, all right? In every way, always having everything you need, you may excel in every good work. As it is written, he scattered, he gave to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Verse 10, now the one who provides seed for the sower and bread for food. Now, why does God bless us that we might have food to eat and then we might have enough left over to sow and bless somebody else, right? That we might have food to eat and will provide and multiply your seed and increase the harvest of your righteousness You will be enriched in every way for all generosity, which produces thanksgiving to God through us. For the ministry of this service is not only to supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many acts of thanksgiving to God. They will glorify God for your obedience to the confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with others through the proof provided by this service. Verse 14, and they will have deep affection for you in their prayers. 
on your behalf because of the surpassing grace of God in you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Let's, let's pray here. Lord, we thank you so much for uh, the word of God this morning. Thank you so much for the Bibles that we hold in our hands today. I pray that as we look to your word this morning, that we would leave this place with great faith, uh, that we would leave this place living out a lifestyle of generosity. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Now, no matter what season of life you're in, whether you're single, whether you're married, whether you have children, whether you don't have children, we all want people to be able to relate to um, to us. And we want people to, to be with us, not just in deed or in action, but we want them to be with us in heart to heart, right? Now, some of you, let's just get a, a raise of hands here this morning. How many of you would say, I'm a foodie? Do you know what that is? Those that are foodies know what it means. Are you a foodie? Okay, we've got a few of you here today. So if you're a foodie and you've been to this place that you found and it may have just been a a hole-in-the-wall place or off-the-wall place that you happened to find as you were um, going about your normal day or you maybe were searching on Yelp or Instagram or something, you saw somebody else post a picture of a plate that looked amazing. And so you went and you had this, this BLT, but it's not just any ordinary BLT. It is a bacon lettuce to me, but it's not just bacon. It's bacon, it's ham, it's, it's pork belly, and it's got the bacon jam on it as well, okay? And you've had this sandwich, and it was to die for. You had just drool, just dri- You weren't wiping off the crumbs. You were dropping off the drool as you were eating it, right? And you've experienced this, and you then want to go tell everybody about it. You want your friends to go experience this BLT, bacon, ham, pork belly, bacon jam sandwich that you experienced. And so you take your friends with you. And you're sitting at that table, aren't you? And you order it, and they order the same thing, and you're eating it, but you've had it, so you know how good it is. And you're enjoying yours, but you're watching them. You're watching, looking for the expression on their face. You're watching, you're, you're wanting to see them go, Oh my goodness, this is amazing. You're after lunch, a half hour later, you're on your Instagram going, are they going to post a picture of it? Are they going to post a picture? Are they going to say something about that sandwich that they had with me? You want them not just to be with you indeed. Now, if they go and they're like, ah, ah, it's all right. I just prefer the regular bacon, lettuce, and tomato sandwich with a little bit of mayo. You're just going, oh man, I got to go find a new friend. You know, I need to find somebody that's going to go with me and experience this thing, not just in word and deed, but they're going to get it. They're going to be heart to heart. They get it, right? You, you want somebody to, to be with you in that. Now, here in this passage of Scripture, as we're looking at it, God does not want us just to be generous and give out of deed or out of just this duty, but he wants us to do it cheerfully. He wants to know our heart is in it. Our heart is with him, Right? And so here he says, if you're gonna, if you're gonna, if you're gonna give and, and you're gonna give a little, give a little, but give cheerfully. If you're gonna give generously, give generously, but give cheerfully. He wants to know that our heart is with him in that. Whatever we decide to do, that we ought to do it. Now, now giving is in a giving and living a generous lifestyle is not just in reference to finances, man. Uh, we see in scripture that, that we, we give of forgiveness, right? Giving of forgiveness to others and we can give of our time, we can give of our talents and it also in many places throughout the Bible talks about financially um, giving as well. Uh, but here in this, in this passage, God is just 
speaking something to us, saying, I want to know that what you're doing, that it's in your heart to do it, that it's about the heart. And Jesus always took it back to the heart, didn't he? We see in, in uh, Matthew 5 and 6, the Sermon on the Mount, we see that Jesus took everything back to the heart. He said, you know, it's, it says that you ought not to murder, but if you've even thought hatred in your heart towards your brother, it's as if he brings it back to the heart, to the heart issue. Jesus actually even said, when, when you give, don't give and blow a trumpet and let everybody know that you're giving. Why? Why did he say that? Well, because what's your motive for giving then? Is your motive for giving that others would see you and applaud you and celebrate the fact that you gave? Or is your motive and your desire for giving out of love and out of, out of devotion? And so Jesus always brings it back to the heart. He is absolutely every time about heart transformation, about heart transformation. And God, it says in this passage, God loves, God loves a cheerful giver. He loves a cheerful giver. And you might be sitting there going, but wait, I thought God loved me no matter what. Isn't it all about, you know, grace and forgiveness and mercy and love? Yes, God absolutely loves you. We have John 3.16. I think it'll be up on the screen for us. John 3.16 here. We, we all know it so well. It, it well, if you've been to a baseball game in the past, you may have seen it up on the, on the billboards, right? Um, it says here, for God loved the world. In this way, he gave his one and only son that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. So yes, God loves you. He loves people. God loves everyone. And because of it, he gave. Listen to this um, quote by uh, an author by the name of Richard Bronstein. It says, it is possible to give without loving. So it's possible to give without loving. I can give someone something without loving them, but it is impossible to love without giving. It is impossible to love without giving. And God so loved you and I. God so loved humanity. God so loved every man, every woman on the face of this planet that has ever lived and every, ever will live. He loved so much that he couldn't help but give. And he gave the ultimate gift. He gave his one and only son, Jesus Christ, that you and I might have forgiveness of our sins, that we might have eternal life with Jesus Christ and God, our Heavenly Father, in heaven for all eternity. God loved so much, he couldn't help but give. And that's what he wants to see you and I do. God wants to see our love move and compel us into this place of giving and into this place of generosity. Now, uh, my kids, so if, we, if you think about my kids, because we're talking about, okay, God loves us all, right? And it motivated us to give of his only son. Um, but it said God loves a cheerful giver. So it's kind of like this. God loves us all. I love my daughters. I love them. There's nothing more that they could do today, nothing less that they could do today to get me to love them any more or any less. I love them no matter what. But there's something about when my children, without knowing that I'm looking, without realizing that I'm around, when I see them, acting and behaving and, and, and walking out characteristics that are becoming of the Brinkman household, right? When I begin to see them doing things and, and caring for each other without, you know, 
without being noticed, without knowing that they were going to get noticed, with, with wanting to give something to someone um, with, uh, without anybody being around and realizing there's something about when I see that, there's something that happens in my heart. And, and those of you that are parents, you know what I'm talking about. When you see that, when you see siblings, suddenly like they just rise up and they, they defend one another, or they care for each other, or they do something for one another. It's totally uh, in line with, with what we would want to do as, you know, Brinkmans and, and as Christ followers. And when, when I see them do that, it's as though the love that I have for them is, is activated to a whole nother level. It's just like it just begins to soar to a whole nother level when I begin to see them uh, responding in that way, giving in that way, and loving in that way. There's just something that happens in my heart. I believe that's what happens with God. God loves every single one of us, but when he sees us living a lifestyle of generosity and giving um, uh, generously with our time, with our talents, with our finances as well, there's something that happens in the heart of God. And I believe it's this. I believe that he looks at us and he sees that suddenly he sees that our heart is beating in oneness with his heart because his heart is a heart to give. His heart is a heart that loves and loves so much that he gave generously. He poured out his love. He poured out his grace in Jesus Christ. And so when he sees you and I giving generously and living a generous lifestyle, I believe that God looks down. He's like, what? That's my kid. Yeah. He's a little bit excited. You know, and he wants to walk around bragging about his kid. How many, how many parents do that? You just walk around and you, you, you see your kids do something. You don't want them to know that you saw them do it, but you can't contain it. You just have to go tell somebody. Have you ever been there before? And you're just like, oh, my goodness, did you see that? Their heart, they got it. They got my heart. I believe that that's how God responds to us in moments when we, when we begin to live out that lifestyle of generosity. And uh, Martin Luther, the great reformer and theologian, said this. He said, that the heart of a giver makes the gift dear and precious. It's the heart of a giver that makes the gift dear and precious. It, the gift may cost nothing. It may be a simple piece of paper with words written on it. That piece of paper didn't cost more than a couple cents. But that, that gift given from somebody that has a heart to, I wrote some stuff down here and I poured out my heart on it and I I made this for you and I love you and I'm giving it to you. That heart of the giver is what makes the gift so precious and so valuable and so costly that you go and you go into your office and you're looking for an empty frame so that you can frame that little piece of paper that had those words on it. I know I have some of those. I've gotten some of those from some of you here at Canvas. I, I know um, one, one person, Martha, um, and, and she was just um, being obedient to what the Holy Spirit was speaking to her in a moment of prayer, and, and she took out a piece of paper that she must have had in her Bible, and she pulled it out, and she began to write some words on there that she felt like God wanted to, to use to encourage me. I have that piece of paper, and I have it in my Bible, and that's where it's going to stay because my Bible is very precious to me. And that gift, that that piece of paper is so precious. Why? Because it was about the heart of the giver that made it so valuable and made it so precious. Generosity, living a generous lifestyle. Living a generous lifestyle. And here at Canvas Church, we believe in that. We believe um, in in, in giving. And um, uh, for our anniversary celebration this last year, we did give it away Sunday. And... um, 
we felt like, you know, how can we celebrate? How can we have a big celebration of, you know, the church's anniversary and how long we've been here? And we just felt like God put in our hearts, well, the greatest thing you could do is just give away. Give. And so we came and with the heart to, to give our best prayers and, and pray for people in their greatest needs. We came with a desire to, to give our best worship to God and just worship him with everything that was in us. And, and we also encouraged people to bring their greatest needs, financial needs that they had. And, and um, man, we got probably over um, 40, 50 um, financial uh, burdens that people were under that they submitted. And, and we took those and we prayed long and hard over those. We submitted those to um, uh, our, our, our board that was reviewing those. And, and, um, and in the end, we were able to give and help people. And we, we met about $10,000 worth of needs. Now, I say that to say that th- that's awesome, right? That's great. But what was amazing was that you would think that, okay, we're, we're going we're gonna to give this large amount away. You would think that our month would, you know, we'd have to kind of walk by faith. You know, we do have a budget. We can't, we can't meet here for free, you know. Um, but that month, we saw the largest giving in our church that we had ever seen. We saw the lot. Why? Because we made room for God. And we said, God, we're going to be generous. God, we're going we're gonna to live out this lifestyle of generosity and do what we can to meet the needs of those that are sitting right here within our church. And I know we'll do that again. I'm excited for that. Um, I know for Ben and I, early on in our marriage, we determined uh, that we we're going to live a generous lifestyle. We were going to be givers both to, to God and then also to people. And um, throughout our years being married, I mean, early on, we were, Ben was a valet and I was a waitress. Uh, we were working at night. We were doing a, a school of ministry during the day and we're just trying to get by and make it. And, um, but we determined this is, this is the lifestyle that we're going to live. And, and we had given away furniture, our whole living room to a family that, that lost all of theirs in a fire. We've given away so much stuff and, and finances to help people and just in, re, in obedience to what God spoke to us, okay, not out of a lack of wisdom, okay, hear me now, but when the Holy Spirit spoke to us, we gave and, and, and we look today and we realize all that God's blessed us with and we know that it's a result of living a generous lifestyle, generously giving our time and our, and our talents to God and to people, generously giving our finances to the Lord and, and to those that were in need. Um, and then, and then uh, here in, um, in Luke 6, 38, it says this. It says that um, give and it will be given. Now, this, this scripture in Luke 6, 38 is specifically talking about forgiveness. We generously give forgiveness Give time, give talents, give financially. God will give back. Press down, shaken together, running over into your life. I believe that. It's a principle that we see in Scripture that is not just in regards to forgiveness, but um, goes into all of these aspects as well. That if we sow, we will reap. And we saw that in our passage this morning. That if we sow little, we're going to reap. And you'll reap a little. If we sow generously, we'll reap generously. Um, just this last week, we, uh, we were, um, Ben had this uh, opportunity, uh, with something that took place with a, with a pastor that he knows. Um, he's a part of a, 
what's it called? A round table. He's a part of a round table at North Coast Church with Pastor Larry Osborne. And um, back when we, right before we moved to Sarah High School, Canvas Church was looking for a permanent facility. And we thought we found one, and we were going back and forth with offers. And in the midst of that, we acquired about 300 church chairs. 300 church chairs were given to us. And we thought, certainly that's a sign that God is giving us our own facility, right? Now, God had other plans, and we are at this wonderful campus, and we are so blessed to be here, right, right here in Tierra Santa, and we're so grateful for that. So now, here we are. We have 300 church chairs, and we're going, all right, let's see how we can fit them in the church office, right? How we can utilize these. Have you ever seen 300 church chairs? Okay. Stack them about eight high. Um, that would fill our entire office, right? So we realized we don't have room for these in our office. So we're trying to figure out, you know, what are we going to do with these? In the midst of that, and knowing that we have these, um, Ben is at his roundtable at North Coast and finds out that one of, one of the pastors that he's in relationship at this roundtable just got given a $5 million building given to them. And they're celebrating that, and they're talking that it's so exciting. And he, uh, Ben, overhears the pastor say, but we need, we need to get purchase, the, there's some serious remodeling that needs to happen in this facility, and we need to purchase some church chairs, but man, it's going to cost about $25,000, and we just don't know how we're going to be able to do that. And Ben just goes, hmm. Okay. So he prays and, and, and talks, you know, to, to some of the, the staff, and he prays about this, and and he said, you know what, um, calls the pastor and just says, so how many chairs do you need? And he said, and he goes, I think I've, I've got 300 chairs. And, and they're yours if you want them. And the pastor said, well, how much, how much? And Ben just said, nothing, nothing. They're, they're yours. Um, this Thursday, uh, we have our, our Thursday morning uh, prayer time at 6.30 a.m. at the church office. 6.30 a.m., Ben's in there, and he's praying, and in walks this pastor. And he's from the Orange County. He's from OC. And he walks in, and he goes, man, I just had to come pray with you guys. I just couldn't, I just, I just had to be here. I had to come, and I had to pray with you. I had to pray for you. And I just, I just, I just knew I had to be here. And, and look, at, look at this passage of Scripture here. It says this. It says, it says that they will glorify God for your obedience to the confession of the gospel of Christ, for your generosity in sharing with them and with others through the proof provided by this service, and they will have deep affection for you in their prayers. That pastor showed up at our 6.30 a.m. prayer time just saying, I just, I just needed to, I just needed to come and pray with Canvas Church. He had deep affection in his prayers on our behalf because of the surpassing grace of God in you, because of our willingness to to hear what we felt like the Holy Spirit was saying in that moment. Say, those those are yours. That God is asking us to give generously to you, and as a result, there was a deep affection um, for us in his prayers. Now. As we look at living a generous lifestyle, and as we look at this passage of Scripture, there really are four beneficiaries, okay? There are four beneficiaries that we see here. Uh, the giver, the person that you and I, the person that is giving benefits. It says in verse 10 that God provides for me. He'll provide for me so I can have food to eat and so that I can have more to sow, that I can have more to give away. God provides for me. We also see that, secondly, the recipients 
are, are benefited. The, the recipients are bene- beneficiaries of, of that, and they receive, and they are blessed. Thirdly, we see God. Uh, God, in verse um, 11 and 12 here, it says, You will be enriched in every way for all generosity, which produces thanksgiving to God. It produces thanksgiving to God through us. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, so we know it's supplying the needs for the person that's receiving, but is also overflowing in many acts of thanksgiving to God. God receives much thanksgiving from it. And then number four, the church. Verses 13 and 14, we see here, it says, They will glorify God for your obedience to the confession of the gospel of Christ for your generosity and sharing with them and with others through the proof provided by this service. And they will have deep affection for you in their prayers. The church is blessed. The church um, receives from that as well. When I am generous in my finances, when I'm generous in my, in my time, when I'm generous with my talents, it blesses others. It blesses me. It blesses God, and it makes room for God to come and move in my life and through my life to bless all these others as well. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit our website at www.canvaschurchsd.com.